Hello and welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap, the only show that says... Fah, fah, fah. I was gonna say, we're finally back after tech death. No, we were back after tech death last week, two this weeks is, ago. Yeah, no, but this is the first time we've recorded since then. No, it's not. Because we had Lizzie on for the first one after tech oh, death. Oh, that's right, we did. And then, oh, we, had the, and then, we, had and then the, we did the cushion because uh, work my, my, my work schedule was totally... And we're trying to fucked. burn off some of our... We are trying. We were trying to burn off some you know. of our, our pre-recorded media. So look forward to more cushion. Well, what we call cushion episodes, but more con exclusive you know episodes. Say, the bigger the cushion, the better the cushion. You know what I mean. So let us put our sound dicks deep in your ear cushions. Uh, I can't more make Spinal Tap references. No, you can, and that's you know a saying. Um, I'm sure it was a saying before Spinal Tap, because I had to have, like, heard that somewhere. Oh, I'm sure it was a saying long before Spinal Tap, because who wouldn't have thought of that at some point? Yeah, yeah. But it's just, that's what I, I, that's, like, basically the scene that I see in my head when I think of Spinal Tap is him performing that song. Yeah. <laughs> Big of the cushion. Yeah, um, anyway. So, speaking of Spinal Tap. <laughs> okay. I, no, I've been inflicting what we do in the shadows. Good. On all people. of my friends, because they Good. hadn't seen it. And it started because I was sitting at work waiting to go on, talking to one of the bartenders, and both the kitchen boys come up and they said something. And I was going to say, I said, hey, we're werewolves, not not swearwolves. And the bartender started laughing, and both of the kitchen boys looked at me like they'd never heard it before, and we were both so upset. Who's the bartender? Natalie. Okay. Like I said, we were both so upset that they'd never seen it, and we totally made them watch the opening credits sequence on YouTube. And then I was going to say, and then Natalie brought in her DVD of it, and we made him watch it. It's fucking awesome. Well, it's a slow start, but still. Because it starts with him, like, opening the house for the day. He's like, oh, it's always a very scary part for me. And he, like, twitches the drapes, and he's like, oh, 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 we're okay. Oh, yeah, and then started arguing about who does the dishes. I think that might have been the one that, like, that joke was, like, the one that set the tone for it. It was, I was going to say, well, it's them waking up Peter for the flat meeting. And Peter's the Nosferatu in the Yeah, basement. in the basement. Yeah. I was going to say, and the whole thing with the chore wheel. Yeah. We're vampires. Vampires don't do dishes. Well, it's embarrassing when people come over. No. People one, come over, they die. Right. Yeah. God, I need to rewatch that. Um, it's, it's, what, sorry, it just came to mind because we were talking about Spinal Tap. So, we, did we talk I, about any of the DC TV finales? Yeah, we did. Okay. Um, I do want to say real quick on movie quotes, and this will be paid off, so... Little, cr- little crossover, speaking of DC okay. TV, little crossover. I will say, um, and you'll hear about it on uh, Dam, next week's Dam, or this week's Dam. Um, I've been quoting Anchorman for like two days straight. Loud noises! Nope. Veronica Corningson and I had sex and we're in love and we're going to get married! Oh, this is because the did drought I, ended. Did I yell? Yeah, you pretty much yelled that. Um, yeah, I had a really good first day with a girl that I like, and you'll hear more about it on Damn, but I did want to make the pop culture. Probably should not have outed her for that first date thing, Doug. She's cool. What happens if you do get married? It's gonna be awesome, because we were talking about weddings. Oh. Do I get to be your best man still? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Can't remember what she wanted to do, but it was something really cool and fun. Like, vampire thing where I bite her neck or something. We were, it, it was a thing. Um, that was when yeah, she was like... Yeah, but do you want to tell everybody she, about she was, what the awesome thing you did for your first date was? Oh, yes, I did take her to Electric Six. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I won, I was like, 
or is it something else? No, um, you took her to an electric six show. I did. I want. I want to an electric six show, and she doesn't have yeah, I mean, time. Yeah, break up with her. Oh, I, I will actually one up that in just a second. So just remind me. Okay. Um, yeah, so I won free tickets to Electric Six Yay. and uh, took um, my lady friend. Um, she's my special she's, fucking lady friend. She's, that is a literal thing. Um, mm. Ooh, Miss Sexy, if you're nasty. Um, so uh, we had a great time. Electric Six uh, pulling out. Um, Actually, a few stray ones that I didn't... Like, they played Randy's Hot tonight. I don't remember them ever playing that before. I've never heard them play it. I've been, um, to, I've been to four shows they, now, and, and they I didn't don't play, think they've ever played it. They didn't play that much off of the new album, which, weirdly enough, speaking of vampires, is called old uh, New Blood for Old Vampires. Maybe they just weren't in the mood, honey. I mean, they have to play so many shows. And you gotta pull out, like, your usual, you know... Like, did a gay barn, gate bar part two back-to-back. I mean, nobody really wants to just go and hear the new album. You want to hear all of the things. Yeah, but uh, no, it was uh, we had a great time, and uh, fun was had by all. Um, but I will say, Wait, oh, I'm sorry, so, I just got gay bar part two stuck in my head. That's an unfortunate thing. I'm not that big of a fan of that I one. Used to dress in black every night. Yeah, it just didn't have the same oomph that gay bar did. But um, I think it's more interesting than gay bar. But that's just me. Yeah, I guess yeah. But um, structure wise, I will say that uh, uh, she's had. I keep trying not to say her name. Uh, she's had. Uh, a couple now former co-workers like just up and leave her job which I know you know what that's like in, in terms of the service industry um, not that I'm not part of it but I, my my turn my really, turnover isn't that it's one of those things where like you, you love your co-workers but sometimes people get really unhappy in a situation and no matter how much you're fond of your co-workers you just need to move the fuck on so some of them you know like no notice or there was a new girl that no called no showed all that bullshit and they uh, they talked to her uh, my lady friend about, um, I think I call her Ink Girl or Tattoo Girl on Damn. That might help. Um, so I can actually have a proper note here. can't just call her Miss Sexy if you're nasty. I'll call her Miss Sexy. That's cool. Um, so uh, I kept calling her Pretty Lady. I'm My God, I have feelings. I don't like it. Um, what so, are you talking about? This is my favorite Doug. Oh, Mike McAdams like, says hi. Totally. Oh, yeah. He and I were talking on Facebook. Um, no, I, I saw him recently when we were talking about you. He's very fond of you. Yeah, we've been talking on. We've been weird, we've been trading like it Facebook messages. Sounds vaguely gay when I say it like that. No, that's cool. It's very funny. Um, when it's no, um, considering how, I was going to say how masculine. So they tried to make. Um, they were talking to Miss Sexy about um, like picking up some shifts, and they asked her about the night that we were going to go out. And I mean, she could have. I mean, she could have said, you know, and she likes her job. She was like, you know, they need me, whatever. Stayed, rain check. Money, yeah. And I would have been like, that's fine. It also might have given her out if she felt uncomfortable going out with me. Might have given me a bit of a, you know, room, you know, a temperature of like, you know, where we're at. Um, and she was like, uh, no, I'm going to a concert with a guy. And like, was like, no. So, Doug, basically what you're telling me is you overthought everything about this and totally dug yourself in the brain. What do you mean, dug myself in the brain? Dugged. No, I didn't print it at all. I mean, I overthought it, absolutely. That's what dugging it is it's just overthinking it it's not necessarily screwing it up you didn't Brita it you ducked it well I but the thing is like you know I I, I was like you know it could give her it out or and I would understand um, but she was like no like I'm going out with this guy and I was like that's a really good sign I didn't overthink that part I wasn't like oh my god you love me I was like I, that would be that would be that would be dugging it that would be dug and no that'd just be dugging it yeah 
Oh, I mean, you can see me doing it too. Oh, absolutely. But I was just like, I'm pretty sure you and I have had similar conversations in the past. But I talked to her about that when we were out before the show, where I was like, I, you know, honestly, like, I, I think that's really cool. Like, that's kind of a, you know, cool, like, sign. And she was like, yeah, I wanted to hang out with you. And I was like, huh. Um, we had a lot of fun. She was dressed half like Tank Girl. So if that gives you any indicator uh, how much we're uh, alike. And, uh, well, you'll hear more about our date on Dam, but, um, anywho, uh, speaking of, actually, there's one finale that, uh, happened, uh, after we were done recording after Tech Death, mm-hmm. uh, the Lucifer finale. I haven't watched it yet, but continue. Okay, um. You know I don't care about spoilers, so I'll still enjoy it. Really? It's the last two minutes. Um, and you know they officially got renewed. Yes, I saw that. Yay! So, last two minutes, uh, Lucifer decides... Not to kill Mommy Dearest, as I'm going to call her. Um, I think that's appropriate. The Cylon number Lucifer, and... Because um, <laughs> wasn't she, like, the Cylon? Or no. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure, Trisha but Helfer? I remember her she from... Was, she, yeah, she's yeah, she's the Cylon. She's a sleeper Cylon on um, Battlestar. What I remember her from... I was from thinking of Jerry Ryan as number nine. Seven of nine. Yeah, seven of nine. No, but what, what I, I remember of. her from is from a uh, horror flick called Open House... Where she and her incestuous brother... The opens are coming from the house. I almost fell apart on that joke. Didn't land. Didn't land. What are you looking at? Oh, I bought... just inspecting I bought everything? Sexy Lady, uh, Rocket Raccoon, Funko, Keychain, and I just have to notice you had a couple. Yeah, I've got a Matt Smith and a Loki. Uh, I was going to say... If, so, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. I finally got a third bookshelf. Yeah. The Funko Pops are out of hand. Well, they're not like they're not like triple stacked anymore. Well, yeah, they are. N- no, I mean like back, not up. Oh no, I never did that because I want to be able to see them all. Okay. So the problem is that I already have one that's going to go in that empty space there, and that unfortunately means I have to clean off another shelf to put more of them on. So, because we we both know I'm not going to stop. Well, you could probably them. take some of those bodice rippers you probably never read, and you know, Goodwill them or. Do they still have places that buy books, maybe? You know, you have a point there. I feel like I should just start exclusively reading my, my girl porn romance novels on Kindle so people don't have to see them on my bookshelf. I mean, I think it's funny if you have a couple. Like, you got... Remember someone left a, uh, a copy of... Is it Fifty, Sh- 50, 50 Shades, Shades Freed? Freed? Oh, no, uh, Freed, the third one. Yeah, Fifty that Shades That was, like, Freed. written in yeah. crayon. Um, Typewriter hands. No, uh, crayon. Crayon hands. Yeah. Um... But, uh, remember, like, someone left it at the bar and, like, you gave it to me as a joke? It's in my bookcase, and I find it funny, like, owning that. It's like, you know, owning a copy of, I don't know, Battlefield Earth in your DVD collection. You're like, I have it just because it's like someone's eventually going to notice it and go, wait, you have Fifty Shades Free? I'd be like, yeah, as a joke. Ironic hipster style. Well, it's really funny because while I was reorganizing my books, I found a book that I forgot I owned that a friend gave to me called All Cats Have Osberger. I was looking at that. It's actually a pretty informative book, although it's almost exclusively about male Ospergers, not female. Okay. But yeah, like I said, and the thing is, there's actually a follow-up book that I wanted to get called All Dogs Have Down Syndrome. I, yeah. So the last two minutes of Lucifer. Sorry. Well, you Mother just, of you all just tangents. Kept, yeah, no, you I know. Just kept I know. At it. So uh, he decides not to kill Trisha Helfer. Uh, instead, and you'll like this because this actually goes a little closer to the comics that we read. Um, he cuts a hole in like 
the universe into nothingness. Um, because which basically, is something that happened. I mean, he had the letter of passage, which caused the void. Yes. Still. So basically, like the the goddess energy that's been leaking out of her for like the last three episodes mm-hmm. is starting to like finally like it's gonna burn out whatever the lawyer's real name is, um, and uh, her but her human vessel. Um, so he cuts a hole basically into what we know as the void mm-hmm. in the comics. Yeah. Um, and shunts all of that goddess energy into it, and he goes, there, you've created something new. So they actually did finally get the, you know, second universe created in Lucifer. It just wasn't by Lucifer. How much will that play out? We'll see. Hold on, I'm going to plug my photo real quick. um, The the lawyer that was the vessel for the goddess character uh, is left healed, but uh, amnesic in terms of her time as... Lucifer's mom, um, and apparently God, as a uh, let's say reward for all of this, gets his angelic wings back. Which is an interesting plot point. So now he's got the flaming sword, and the like. They, you know, and I, obviously I assume that like no one can see them much, like. You know, they you can't see halos in movies well, and stuff. you remember the whole thing with the wings, though, when he cut them off? And they he got... doesn't cut them off. He, well, no, no. he cuts them off when he gets to Earth. No, like... You don't see se- it. No, season one, when he has his wings in storage. Or was it season two? When he has his wings in storage... Season two. One, like said, one, you're right, one. He has his wings in storage and they get stolen. Yeah. And they end up getting turned into a piece of art that gets sold as a religious artifact. Right. And then the guy steals them and makes a replica... Because he is so enthralled with them that he cannot give them away. He feels like just seeing the wings is feeling the touch of God. And he God. burns the wings. Do they keep a feather? No, it was in the comic. That the one, the Japanese... The, the, yeah. the Japanese goddess... And regrows, like, regrows the wings. And she does that again in the comic as well. It's at the very end, but... Um, but yeah, he burns his wings. He burns his wings and, on the uh, beach, talking to... And Amenadiel's, uh, yeah, like... Yeah, talking to Amenadiel, like, this whole season's great. Uh, he's back... I can't, I think he's back to being an angel, like, outright angel. So, what bothers me with the actor who plays Amenadiel is he was really good at playing an emotional, nuanced character on Buffy. Oof, and he's that. really good at playing... D.B. Woodside, I believe, is the actor's Yeah, I was going to say, and he's really good at playing a very emotionally nuanced character in Lucifer. Oh, yeah. Why hasn't the man gotten more work... You know, I bet you if we went to his IMDb, and we're not going to. Um, My phone's in the bedroom. Uh, I'll bet you he's been in, like, bit parts on I think maybe he's CSI. Just picky. Do you think and maybe he's just picky about there's his no way he There's no way he didn't so work between... Because he's so talented. He is, but there's no way he didn't work from between Buffy and Lucifer. Because that's that a is, big gap. That's, like, 20 years. Because what Buffy just turned, what, 20, 25 right in there? 20 or 25, is it 20? I don't know which one. But like I said, he there's, was... I'm sure he was doing something... He was I I I don't want to say you know Broadway or, or plays Actually, that, that's, not I, bad, I, that's not a bad, a bad guess, guess but he was, doing he was probably doing a bunch of like you know three episode arcs on um, CSI or I don't know Grey's Anatomy still a thing but like you know you know what I mean like doing little arcs here and there on established well, things, things that a, we don't watch he's a very good looking man or doing a bunch of shit talented. like maybe he was in like you know. Star Trek Troopers 4. Like, you know, like, if he's doing a bunch of, like... Straight to DVD. Straight to DVD release. Like, he's getting paid, but we're not ever going to know about it. I, I mean, not the, him being paid, but the release stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
Well, like I said, it's just he was so good at playing a complex character in both of these. Yeah. Because, I mean, he was very conflicted in Buffy about the death of his mother, who was a slayer by Spike. Who Spike is a good guy by the time he meets him again. But he's still wearing his just, mother's jacket. I know. And Ooh. now, yeah, exactly. Now awkward. he's, like I said, and now he's... Oh, no, we character. do that in Spanish now. What's awkward in Spanish? Dorpe. Oh, I like it. Totally works, right? Also, I don't say lettuce anymore. I always say lechuga. Lechuga. Yeah. Sounds powerful, That sounds. That sounds like, yeah, that sounds like a cartel-like no, it's gun runner. Like, it's that just, legitimately. It's just lettuce. Yeah. But it's like... Lechuga. Like, and they're like, where did you get these guns? Lechuga. da 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 I know at work I started calling my friend uh, El Tigre, which is the tiger. Yeah, I know what... Not a... I mean, for our non-Spanish speaking audience. Um, but then someone was like, and what are you? They watch Community. They know... Oh, that's community. true. Yeah, El, El Tigre Chino. Yeah. Um, but I... Uh, the word we used was doppelganger, not deal-ganger. Capra, um, but yeah, Damn and, they, it. and they went. So what are you? And I was like, this totally sounds awesome. But I was like, El Tigre and a Chupacabra, the tiger and the goat. I want go to feed on for miles. Um, I will say, hold on. Speaking of, fuck, I've already lost it. Because the motorcycle. Because of yeah, cyclotron. Uh, the cyclotron's an actual thing. Um, uh, I had on the goat sucker. Fuck, what was it? Ah, fuck it. It'll come to me. Um, maybe, probably not. Um, so yeah. So, Lucifer ended... Like, I'm glad they're getting a third season, because it ended in a very, like, ooh, where's this going kind yeah, of way. Yeah, we need another Constantine. Um, I really hope he comes back to do more stuff. But in... you remember how the season of Constantine ended? Like, they had just given us... You know, like the treat for putting up with some of their other shit. That the angel was behind it, and yeah. it was the guy from Oz, the guy that's in the wheelchair for the entire season. Mackay Pfeiffer? No, it's, that's no, that's not Mackay Pfeiffer. I was actually just um, asshole. Uh, but anyway, I can't think of his name, but yeah, um, he's in stuff. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Jumping into, um, I've been getting deeper into Twin Peaks. They've stopped doing their two episode drops. They're now doing Lord one. Dur- I was going to say, Laura Dern's finally back. Have not watched the new one yet. I will shut my mouth. No, well, I mean, I, like, the laundry list of like cameos, because I've, I've seen the episode with Michael Sarah, which was like, of course, like Andy's and whatever her name is, the, the secretary at the sheriff's office. Of course their kid is like a philosophical like motorcycle driving guy played by Michael Sarah. It's like Of course of he's course basically he is. the physical manifestation the manifestation of Zen and the art Yeah, like it makes repair. total fucking sense. Um but I really wanted to bring up uh the t- two big things. One, um because I think the man from another place died. Like in real life. Um we've had a couple there've been Yeah, he passed away. There have been four four characters that have died. Um across, you know, the time in between original and this yeah, season. Yeah, no, he, he passed away. I remember, Cause we, cause I remember reading Because we lost Bob. Because mm-hmm. um, that was, uh, I believe, Frank Silva died of uh, complications due to AIDS, um, I think in the late 90s. Uh, Man from Another Place, the the backward sock and dancing uh, midget. Um, yeah, no, he passed away. Yeah, well, I feel like people, I don't want to say people like that, but like the 
But you know what I mean? Like, the, you know what there I mean? There are an extra list of health concerns when you have a genetic When defect. you have, yes, complications biologically. I was going to say, Thank but you. it's also, it's been There's a long me. time between two play. I mean, a long time between the two series. 20, literally 25 years. Like I said, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that people just age and die. Um, Miguel Fierre, throat cancer. That was sad. I mean, we've talked about that before. Um, we need to talk about... Other David after and, this, and by the way. yeah, uh, I mean David Bowie died because he was going to come back as Philip Jeffries, um, I, but Bob, I, I still can't wrap my head around that. There's another death. Oh, Log Lady, but she managed. Oh, yeah. she, she managed to film some she scenes passed away very recently, for yeah. her. Um, I think for like the first two or three episodes, and like she's got no hair and she's got the cannulas, and it's like, but she like went like went out like a trooper. Like she's like, I'll be there for as long as I can and do what I need to do. Well, me and my log. No, she, she went out like a warrior. She went out fighting. Um, so, I mean... But it's one of those things where I still, to this day, can't wrap my head around the fact that David Bowie's gone. I know. I really just never it's been thought... Over, it's been a year and a half? I really never thought I'd be in a world without the Thin White Duke. I always think about when Fadalyn calls him the Thin White Douche. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not really Bowie, it's the shapeshifter. That that he may, he may look like one of the creatures from the cover of D- Diamond Dogs. No, um, he was on the cover of Diamond Oh, they were on yeah. the, okay. Um, but we'll we'll get to Dust in a, in a minute, I know. No, that's that. fine. Damn I don't want to segue without going. Damn you, Venture Brothers. Um, Talk so, more about the piece. Uh, which, by the, the way, the, the, the man from another place, which would be, um, and I'll write spoilers, was the, the arm that Mike is missing. Um, you find that out, and I think, is it either the second movie or the second season or the um, the movie? I think it's actually the movie. I think it's in Firewalk. Yeah, where he says, like, I am the arm. Um, the, uh, the arm has now, um, like, started to grow, like, this weird, like, sapling-esque, like, root system. Yeah, that's where the log With, like, a almost, like, faceless, ovoid alien head. And it still talks backmasked and rebackmasked, um, but it's apparently the arm and it just came off as creepy Groot. Is what I just kept calling it. Um, I and I just once again I love the visuals in the show, um, especially with um, you know we've been watching we've been talking a lot about um, people that play multiple characters and stuff. Um, Orphan Black's back this week. I haven't watched it yet. Um, uh, and they but, made a really cool set of Russian nesting dolls with all of the Orphan Black. Oh, I've seen yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, I've seen that. Um, but uh, the fact that you have multiple. I guess we'll call them multiple Coopers, um, Dale Coopers, because um, you have Dougie and the one that's po- the doppelganger that's possessed by Bob, and then you have actual I feel like we Dale Cooper. Come up with a really clever like Agent Cooper doppelganger joke. Cooper ganger. Uh, Doppel Cooper. Doppel Daler. That's what we're gonna call him from now on. Um, but you have like yeah, so you have Dougie who was apparently created for a reason, but we don't know what. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, uh, the Dale Cooper, who's just gotten out of the Black Lodge, Lodge. Yeah. um, to take the place of Dougie, um, who's this, like, gambling addict, prostitute buying, insur- like, slick insurance guy, like, but, but he's, he's like... Just, he's so... Ugh. But it's so, That's it's so interesting to watch, like. like, once again, um, Kyle McLaughlin play these different characters where he has to play... Cold-blooded, thousand-yard stare, um, you know, the the the, the doppeldaler. 
Um, I and then he's, re- I need you to watch it again and think of him as the captain playing that role. It, well, yes, in the captain. I was gonna. Ah! But, but to have him play like the sleazy, like womanizing, um, you know, character. Basically, just like this kind of. Like sleazy he's, Vegas he's like, shark character. Like he's almost a stereotype. Yes, of like that Vegas yeah. sleaze. Um, who his wife is played by Naomi Watts, who was in uh, Mulholland Drive. So I mean, you're seeing a lot of like Lynch, you know, Lynch, Lynch recasting, kind of like, and, Lynch and is same kind with of like Tarantino. Laura like I said, Lynch is kind of like Tarantino oh, yeah. and Burton, where he likes to work with the same group. Of well, actors. the people like to work with him, and that's when you and have people like Michael Sarah, highly... who's like, I want to be in anything that David Lynch does because he's so influential. But like um, I said, it speaks very highly to his creativity and to his skill as a director that people keep wanting to work with him. Oh yeah. Because I mean, you have a I imagine like, it can't be that awkward now, but like, just having him and Isabella Rossini on a set together, I think would still be a little like. They've Ugh. probably gotten over it. Yeah, it's been like thirty years, um, and he still looks good because he comes. He comes back as Gordon. Now here's the funny thing. So I read this article about Lynch recently, where he talks about rescuing these five. Woody Woodpecker dolls and giving them all names and having them live in his office and then being sad that he lost them. Cause what? Why yeah. did he lose them? He didn't specify. I'm assuming age, but he's like driving down the road and like saw them for sale and had to stop and buy them and save them. And I'm like, that's very Lynch. Oh yeah. I don't even want to think what kind of mental place he was in when that whole thought process went through. But, uh, yeah, but it's nice to see, uh, back to my points, we're going to wrap this up. I don't know, unless you have any more thoughts. I don't know if you're watching it. Um, this is that one that's going to be... about this, I think I'm going to rewatch Dune, because I want to see very young Kyle McLaughlin. Oh, my ass, so weird. Um, he's aged well. I mean, you can... Patrick I mean, Stewart still doesn't have hair. He's a fucking vampire. Him, Keanu Reeves, um, there's a few of them. They're all fucking you, you, vampires. You've seen the, the Nicolas Cage Civil War picture, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's, or there's actually a pretty decent one of... He's a vampire! No, there's a pretty decent one of Jay-Z in Brooklyn in, like, the 40s. Interesting. I'll, I'll Google it later. But, um... Yeah, it's... it's but it's... This guy it's, looks shockingly like Jay-Z sitting on a stoop in Brooklyn in the 40s. I believe it. I'm, I'm actually wearing my Jay-Z socks. Seriously? Yeah, my rock my rockwear ones. Nice. Yeah, I, I... My laundry schedule got fucked because of my day job and... Oh, I'm right there with you. I was gonna say I've got struggling all my... to find socks. I was like, "Well, I got my Rockaway socks." Like I said, I've got all of my day off clothes that are basically clean, but all of my work clothes and my chef coats are fucking. Oh, yeah, my socks are doesn't matter. But anyway, um, so it's nice to see Kama Glaughlin do um, branch out into these different characters. Oh, and um, the the Dale Cooper. Exactly, I have to explain this. Yes. Uh, the Dale Cooper that comes back from the Black Lodge and kind of gets put back where Dougie was. Um, he's not Dougie, but he's, like, extremely amnesic. Like, he doesn't... He doesn't know really who he is. Like, doesn't know, like, doesn't know, like, how to get out of a car. Like, then I get out of the car and he just kind of sits there. It's very, uh, a little, speaking, you know, earlier of Asperger's, um, very, very autistic, um, in, in that, in the affectations of, like, just not understanding and staring at things. And then he picks up on certain words, like, agent and, like... Case file. So what I think is happening there is I think he has a very limited memory, and he has one really specific memory he's focusing in on, and that's the one that's developing. Well, they say like when he's still in the Black Lodge, because you see Leland there, yeah. and he's like, "Find Laura," and um, you end up seeing Laura Palmer, 
Which, by um, the way, the Laura Palmer Funko Pop doll, all wrapped up in plastic. I was going to say, is it wrapped up? It's fucking awesome. I it looks may so have to, good. may have to order that one. Um, yeah, look it up. Well, I mean, all the Funkos for Twin Peaks look pretty good. They have Log Lady. It's pretty adorable. But, um, but like I said, the Laura Palmer one is wrapped up in plastic, and oh, it looks wow. really good. So, um, I'm really I'm really digging the new season of uh, Twin Peaks. My only issue is that the pacing's a lot slower. I don't know if that's coming off of network to network versus... I, I want to say I they were on ABC, but I someone told me CBS, so I don't know which, but whatever... Honestly, it's just the style of TV is very different now than it was 20 years ago. No, and I, I have, and exa- and I, and I have an example why I'm, gonna, okay, why I'm fine, arguing that. Fine. No, 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 no. I just want you to know. So I'm sorry, what were you saying about... I think the style of TV is very different now. I well, think it's a lot slower and more nuanced where they build plot lines and arcs like that than it was when Twin Peaks was actually on. Well, and that's the thing. And also, he's had 20 years to think about this. That's not how long he took to write the original Twin Peaks. Well, that was the thing, is when originally when they were on Big Network... I think it was CBS. I, I think it's ABC, but, it's, but it whatever they were on... It doesn't matter. That they were like, when are you going to reveal who killed Laura Palmer? And they were like, never... Um, and and the that was like, how about we don't do that? Because that's not how we roll. Exactly. So it's, and this is, you know, Lost is like another like 20 years away from when the, you're never going to know why there's a four-toed fucking statue foot there for no reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like things like Lost and like dragging out things that get paid off two seasons later didn't exist. It was, but I mean, it's, it's the, not... when you get cliffhangers, they're like, their season finales or who shot JR and you're gonna find out who shot JR at the you know when at the, in fall when that shit comes back they don't do the stuff like that anymore no exactly and I, I agree so in terms of that pacing yes I agree that that they can have more time to let the characters breathe develop different plots but and god damn it I know it's so Lynchian but I could have done that that's a phrase we use but I could have done without the literal three minute and sit somewhere for three minutes and just not do anything. It's kind of a long time to your brain. Um, three minute scene of Dr. Jacoby, who's I can't remember the character's um, uh, the, the character's actor uh, actor, uh, but it's it's um, David Cross's father-in-law because um, he plays his dad in uh, Todd Margaret as well. I'm trying to remember who um, David Cross... uh, Amber Amber Tamblyn, and I can't think of his name. I want to say Hal Tamblyn, but I don't think that's right. Let's just call him Mr. Tamblyn and move on. Yeah. Um, Three minutes of him slowly spray-painting shovels. Okay. I think there's a reason they made that so uncomfortable. I don't know what it is yet, but still. Oh, they pay off why he was painting the shovels. And it's hilarious, and it's awesome. But... Like, did it need to be three minutes? Here's the thing. Is my issue. I think sometimes when directors draw out things like that, it's to shock you. Like, in both the American and the Swedish version of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the reason why the rape was so drawn out was to kind of let you know how horrific and awful it actually was. Whereas things like that often get very segmented and skipped over. Well, there's, uh, did you see the French movie, um... Irreversible. God, I hate that fucking movie. With uh, Vincent Cassel. Oh, so bad. But like. No, it's a good movie. But it's, it's a just good movie. So but like the rape and violence in that is like. It's, it's one of the. It's, it's set in like. It's like almost real time, 
And the rape is like what, it's like so, it's like ten minutes. It's it's almost like, like watching Requiem for a Dream, where you're like, well, I watched this. I don't. Regret. I'm done. I'm good. Like I said, I don't regret watching this. I will never watch this ever again. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like Blue Valentine. Uh, yeah, Blue Valentine. Blue, Blue Valentine. Like watched yeah. it. Amazing fucking movie. Never, never watching watch it, it again. again. Like I get it. It's I, also one of those things where you kind of need to sit by yourself for about you know. Oh, you go take it to an hour. Or so you two go hours. take a shower with your clothes on and cry for twenty minutes. Yeah. And you're like, it's okay. I recently rewatched the first four seasons of Sons of Anarchy. And the episode in the Henry Rawlings White Power season where Gemma gets raised, right, right. I have to watch at least two episodes after that just to get that taste out of my mouth. Yeah. If that makes sense. No. Yeah, it's a palaclons, right? Um, so I feel like sometimes when they do things like that where they make a scene overly long, it's to kind of just make you realize that you're not going to get what you're normally spoon-fed. I honestly think it's... Because hey, if you're watching that, like I, I was like fast forward and going how long you scrapped it because over. well because everyone kept talking about like this rumor that I hadn't, got, I hadn't gotten there yet but they were like yeah there's like a seven minute scene of a guy painting shovels and I'm like A that sounds very David Lynch um, but like why was it like you know what's the reason and it's like and you also, get and you, you get and you get an almost immediate quote, payoff as boring as watching paint dry is a pretty common phrase it just he could have done it for a minute and I would have gone okay like, a minute would have been uncomfortable enough and weird and drawn out. But three minutes was like... It, like it, once again, like, and I've had this thing with Lynch where sometimes... And this is a very small example. Sometimes he needs a leash put on him. Are you talking about the Smiths-Morrissey complex? Yes. Or the Bjork sugar cubes. Mm. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes you need the committee. And I think that... Twin Peaks could have gone off the rails. The original two episode or two seasons could have gone off the rails in terms of what people expected from network TV because it's Lynch. And if they just let him do whatever he wanted, there would have been an episode of like all the characters are lobsters talking in backwards dream talk, and you're like, what the fuck? And then you lose your entire viewership because they're like, we don't fucking get it, and you're like. Yeah, it's like David Lynch and P.T. Anderson had a fucking Fantastic Mr. Fox Okay, so dream. you and I have talked a lot about how the studio or, you know, the the executives ruin a lot yeah. of things, but sometimes you need the committee. Or you need a collaborator, like the way he has Mark Frost on, on Twin Peaks, and I thought that worked really well. Um, Lynch can be as fucking weird as he wants. But like I, I said, mean, the most normal movie he's ever made is what? Fucking Inland Empire? I still like Dude... Yeah, but Dune's inherently weird. And I really didn't like that. As opposed to doing, like... Mulholland Drive pissed me off, but... I love Mulholland Drive. Well, I don't hate it, it just pissed me off. Uh, I think the one that pissed me off was U-Turn. Which was based on... No, that was him, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was... I don't think I've ever watched it. Because it's based on um, John Ridley's Stray Dogs, which I love. Uh, He's got a series of books that are weirdly only connected by this... um, place in Barstow, which is uh, the midpoint between L.A. and Vegas. Uh, and what with, a great place to set something. With Well, it's all K's, called uh, Katie's Country Kitchen. No, but I'm and just saying, can you, like, can you imagine all of the weird people you'd have passing through constantly? Halfway, literally halfway yeah. between L.A. and Like yeah, I said, what a great place to set something. Yeah, I think it's, Bri- maybe it's Barstow or Bristow. But it's, it's something like that. But it's still, it's very clever. Um, Anyways, we should probably finish up on the Lynch. 
but I, I'm, I'm digging it. Like I said, I, I think the pacings, there are, there are episodes where it could work, and there are episodes where it doesn't, is my issue. Well, here's my question. So Did I just you kinda rewatch wish it be... Twin Peaks before you watch new Twin Peaks? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I think that might be your problem, is that you're comparing the old to the new a little bit too much. Because you're used to a very different pacing, moving from network TV in the 80s? 90s. Is it 90s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Network TV in the 90s to premium cable now in 2017. Yeah, but like I'm not being jarred by the violence or the cursing or the sex or anything like that. Yeah, it's it's that... And, it, and it's not... The story's not... It's one of those like, yeah, the pacing of the story is slower and they're taking their time so, doing character and plot. What I'm hearing but, like, right now is that he needs a better editor. Yeah, but you know he went to someone and went... This has to be three minutes long. And this editor really should have gone with him and been like, you know what three minutes feels like? You can still get that same feeling in this amount of time. In one minute. Okay, think about it like this. Do you remember the reveal on Tyler Durden in Fight Club? Do you remember how tight that was? Oh, when they're having the conversation in the hotel? No. You mean? When he finally realizes that he and Tyler Durden are the same person and they do the flashbacks. Yeah. That was a very tight, very short scene. Yeah. That is good editing. You need an editor like that to be able to do the same thing. Well, and they thing still let it short... breathe when they're talking in the hotel rooms. Exactly. He goes, like, why would anyone mistake you for me? And it's like, flashback, flashback, flashback. Those are very short, and then, very tight And then flashbacks. Tyler Durden goes, takes that, literally a beat and goes, there you go. And it's like, you need a better less, editor. What is that, less than a minute? Yeah, but like of, I said, of like, you know, at real time? You just need a better editor. Somebody that can convince you they can do this in this amount of time and still give you the same feeling of having a long sequence. I want to kind of bring something up on total sidebar because we have the time. So I'm listening to this old episode of You Made It Weird with uh, Pete Holmes, but the episode had uh, Pat Oswald on it. Sorry, my ankle's all fucking weird. Go ahead. Um, and uh, it was Patton was pimping. Um, the Silver Screen Fiend, his book about movies, um, or how he like watched a bunch of movies thinking he would make him a, a director or a better director or whatever. Um, I, was and, hit, I was hit and miss on that one. Yeah, no, I know you didn't like it. Um, I but, hate But he was talking about how there's that like gender uh, disproportionate um, ratio of male directors of female directors versus um, which director would be male-dominated, but editors are female-dominated. Um, and he was talking Actually, about... Actually, Tarantino has talked at length about how his female editor is one of the reasons why he's been so successful. Which is great, but um, he talks about how, in terms of... Because it was on the, kind of in context of... Um, they were talking about having dicks. Don't ask, just listen to it. Um, I'd say anything. But I meant our audience... But, uh, but they were talking about how, like, you know, the penis just goes into the vagina, and the penis is like, here's all my horse shit, and the vagina's like, well, I'll take your horse shit, and I'll make life. Um, oh my god, they're right. The and vagina and the womb are basically a giant editing apparatus. So, yeah, they talk about how men go, I just shot, like, eight reels of film, look at me, and then, like, the Women female like- editor goes... Now I'm going to take the six reels and I'm going to make an Oscar award winning or whatever. Like, you know, I'm going to make a movie, a product, um, which would be like, you know, effectively a brain baby, um, we'll say. Yeah, but who's the number one movie in the world right now? Wonder Woman. And who's the director? Patty, what's her name? Jenkins. Jenkins, thank you. Um, Admittedly, it took way longer than it fucking should have for her to helm a superhero movie because she was supposed to do Thor 2. 
She was the one that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Which and is she why, dropped out. I was gonna say, which is why. Because she's like, I don't like elves and spaceships. It doesn't make any sense. And Doug was like, You're totally fucking right. I rewatched Thor two lately. I was. It's good. It's still. It's, it's too sci-fi. It's, it's, it's no Winter Soldier. It's it's still it's too sci-fi. But anyways, like I said. It's but I thought still, that was really interesting. They, I mean, and they and they bring up and they bring up Patty Jenkins. Well, no, um, it's one of those where. Or maybe they didn't, but they brought as, up Kate Bigelow and Ida Lupino. Sorry, go ahead. It's one of those things where you think of it, and we don't like to say this because of gender, but as our gender, we inherently do have different skill sets. Yeah. And I mean, no, does that mean we can't do the other skill set? Of course it doesn't. We can. But we are a little bit naturally inclined to do certain things. But it's interesting because Patton, Oswald, we're not best friends, I can't just call him Patton. Um, yeah, you can. We only know one Patton. General? I'm not talking about that. Um, but uh, Patton Oswald talks about how, and this is back in the day, and, and it may be still perpetuated, I don't know, uh, but he talks about how they wouldn't give uh, ladies shots at directors because that would mean, because, you know, you build up a resume being an editor. Um, they didn't want them to be to move on to become a director because you're losing a good editor. And that's the thing is that that's actually happens and it doesn't necessarily have to do with gender. It happens in every career and every skill oh, set. Yeah, at, where, at, no. I guarantee you at my job, no, my you, boss doesn't want me to shift departments because I'm literally that good at my job. The problem is you, if you make yourself invaluable, you have no room for advancement. Without effectively like carpet bombing, you know. Hitting the big red button. Like I said, this last year I left a job for three months and the place imploded without me. Like I said, it doesn't matter gender-wise or career-wise. If you make yourself too invaluable, they're never going to advance you. The thing is, especially with superhero movies, there's kind of been a formula for the last number of years on how you get a big-budget picture. Which is, you work on the indies, you make a really strong, really successful indie, and then they give you a superhero flick. I would say in terms of the Marvel design, yes. Oh, Mar- I, was, Marvel, I wasn't Marvel, talking about DC. Fuck Marvel DC. goes, uh, things outside of the box in terms of pulling in people like um, the guy whose name I, can, I cannot think of, and if I could, I would totally destroy it that did, that's doing uh, <laughs> Thor 3, who did what we did in the shadows. Uh, Jermaine? No, I'm gonna ruin it. Um, It was a joke. His name's like Tahiti Commando something. Um, That would have been better if you didn't try. Yeah, I know. Um, You know, obviously uh, James Gunn, uh, the Russo brothers. But I'm just saying, their formula has been you know, you do something semi successful in an indie film. And original. I mean, like, you have a vision. And like I said, with the Russo brothers, it was kind of a no-brainer, especially after what they did with Community. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really uneven season, but it was a very original show. Well, they were on, it from, they actually, like, they were on it from the get-go. Yeah, but I mean the whole season that they ran while Harmon was gone. Yes. I was going to say, yeah, it was an uneven season, but they still managed to keep it alive and keep it interesting and keep it new. It was well-directed. Like I said, it was incredibly well-directed. And like I said, Winter Soldier, still far and away my favorite Marvel. I honestly think it's one of the best. Like I said, even over Guardians, I love Winter Soldier. Oh, I agree. But it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, they do that with male directors, but with female directors, you know, they haven't done that so much. And unfortunately, the first thing that comes to mind when I say female director is Sofia Coppola. 
and I want to talk about how she ruined Godfather 3 and how much I hate Marie Antoinette, and that's not fair. Lexi Alexander would be somebody I bring up. Okay. Uh, she did, um, speaking of good editing, um, she did uh, Punisher Warzone. Oh, that was so good. And they did that for a song. It was, it wasn't a good movie, but it was one of the most beautifully shot pieces of shit I've ever no, seen. No, she did the best that she could. And then but she the was, cinematography, I was say, editing, and, then she was involved and in directing, laundry too. yeah, is fucking phenomenal. Her, it's, it's a piece of shit, and it's not her fault. Well, no, by it, any was, means. it was, first of all, it was the casting. Uh, no, I mean, I liked, uh, uh, what's his name? Colin uh, Farrell. Wasn't in it. He was Bullseye. You're talking about Daredevil. Oh, you're right, I'm talking I said about Punisher Daredevil. Warzone. Punisher Warzone. It's Thomas Jane as the Punisher that you're thinking of. No. Yeah. No, I'm talking about Punisher Warzone. It was Ray Winstone as the Punisher. Was it Jigsaw? Oh, that was the Where they have, like, the Raid Redemption scene at yeah. the uh, Brad Street Hotel at the end. Yeah. Um, like, like the, the, the Insane Asylum brother, Mad Dog, or whatever his name was. Um... But they, they basically, it's, it's Punisher at a kid, because they have the kid. Yeah. And he's protecting it, and the, and the mother, and there's no, like, real love interest, but he does feel like the very, um, Jean Reno, um, Natalie Portman, the professional vibe where, you know. You know, I actually kind of want to ask you about something. Um, when was the last time you watched Mad Max Fury Road? Um, maybe, uh, uh, God, maybe a year, year and a half ago, maybe? Okay, so, do you really see her as a love interest for him, though? Furiosa? Yeah. No. Exactly. She's an equal. Like I said, somebody said that, and they're like, you know, no, no. She's, she's, she's like a... Well, no, but I just, I didn't see, like, chemistry like that between them. It's the way, like... No, I, I saw, they, they okay, saw each bad, other's... Bad, okay, hold on. Go ahead. Both bad and good example, but I want you to look at the beginning of the relationship mm-hmm. for the good example, because then it becomes a bad example by the end of it, um, is uh, Diggle and his wife. Like they had like the like bonds forged in as soldiers. Yeah, but, but it's, I'm not saying they're gonna, I'm not saying Furiosa and Mad Max. I'm not saying Furiosa and Mad Max are gonna get married. There's no there's nothing like that. But I mean like the, it's like a bond forged in like fighting and a similar I saw spirit. The, I saw them more being joined in in like brotherhood as opposed to a romantic sense. Yeah, like fighting against a common enemy. Well, but it's just one of those things where somebody's like, you know, you know, they're totally gonna get together and do it, and I'm like, no, they're no. not. That's totally not the point at all. And the all. weird part is Mad Max would be the bitch in that one. Yeah, actually, she's the way harder badass. But it's just one of those, somebody's like, it's such a sweet story. I'm like, what? He's like, they found each other. I'm like, yeah, they did, but it wasn't romantic. They found each other like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. No, I think they respect each other. Yeah, no, by the end of it. Oh, God, not at the beginning. Absolutely no, that's what not. I'm saying. But well, just somebody's like, yeah, no, they found each other. They're gonna be together. I'm like, no. not in that way. They aren't. No, I, I don't, I don't. Uh uh-uh. uh I can see her having like a weird harem of guys, though. Oh, I can totally see her like banging Nicholas Holt. No, 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 no. That's... She, she needs like no. She leads like these weak men. She can absolutely just use and throw she away. Needs... Did you ever read Rising Stars? I don't think the so. The comic. Mm-mm. There's a character in it who's oh fucking name I can't remember. I think I want to say Cassandra. Um, but her ability, it's about, about these, like, 126 people that are born with abilities in the small town, don't worry about it. Um, but her ability is to, um, be the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. Oh, it sounds uncomfortable. So she's never sure... Whether they actually see like her. See her or... or yeah, exactly. That and sounds she has, horrible. And she's made all these, like, 
political and financial connections using her powers. But she has a whole like mansion full of these men in um, the call uh, they at one point they call them ciphers. Um, and it's a kind of a weird aside um, in the comic. But they're all wearing these like blank masks, except for like their their eye holes they can see. Um, so, so she that sees she can, as their intelligence so that and their she can picture them as the only guy she loves. That's a really interesting idea. Which is uh, the, apparently I will. Read you you the find books. out later on it's the main character of the, of the comic. Um, like I said, we'll find we'll find out. I was going to say we'll read later on. But I mean, the, the comic's been out for yeah like fifteen years. I'm not so, worried about the spoiler on that one. But that's what I'm saying. Like that she would have like a handful of like pretty boys. Um, and just be like, yeah, they're just life support for Dick. Like, that's it. Like, there's no emotional thing. There's no... The funny thing is... Like, one of them can cook, and one of them can oil my I arm actually, or I actually, No, I don't see her doing that, simply because, if you remember, the whole point of the movie was her rescuing, kind of, the harem of females. Okay, I yeah, okay, you're right, you're right. But I do see her having a group of dudes she would just use for Dick. Yeah, that's what Like, I mean. she wouldn't make him do anything, but she'd totally fuck up. Yeah. She's like, you're here for my gratification... Taking away the the quote unquote power of sex to the woman. I wouldn't even necessarily that say she'd that. Almost I'd, be emotionally I'd, on top of the entire time. She'd absolutely be emotionally on top, but I'm pretty sure she'd still make sure they got theirs and be like, "Okay, good game. See you later." Yeah. Thanks for finishing. Moving on. Yeah. Exactly. Hit the showers. Like um, I said, I'm not saying that she wouldn't, you know, make sure that they got. You earned a glass of water. Like I said, I'm not saying she wouldn't make sure they got their cookies, but I don't think she'd put them to work, and I don't think she'd subjugate them. Um, that's where I would see Furios in the next movie. Cause, but I it's mean, just one George of those things. He's got like ideas for like another eight. But it's just one of those but, things where people are like, no, they're gonna be together. I'm like, no, they're no, fucking they're not. not. They might rule side by side, but they're not gonna be together. Oh man, where do I where do I go with love affair on that one? Ah, uh, fuck. Um, all right, I, I guess yeah, I'll swap I'll swap those notes. Um, speaking of love affair, there was I watched a documentary about a love triangle that you recommended to me. Which one? Uh, Batman and Bill. Oh, yes. I watched it. Uh, it's a little affair, obviously, between Bill Finger, Bob Kane, and, and Batman. Batman. Um, it's and it's, about... I like that, honestly, you and I have always considered Bob Kane and Bill Finger both creators of Batman. The minute I was aware of Bob Finger, I mean, I don't... I mean, I think as a nine-year-old, I never yeah, but, thought I mean, of it. As an adult man with a brain... Well, and we get into these talks when I worked at comic book stores. Like, you know, oh, haven't you ever heard of Bill Finger? Like, da 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 I really like that it's now very... Open. Like I said, people know. And people just don't say, oh, it's Bob Kane. It's not just Bob Kane. Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Yeah. Now, I'll explain who Bill Finger is for people who, A, haven't seen the the documentary, and B, don't know who he is. Worst name ever. No, worst name ever was, unfortunately, his granddaughter's named, like, Athena Finger or something. It's something very... Uh, clunky and unfortunate. Um, they can at least make it a PH. But, um, well, that's not his name. So, Bill Finger co-created Batman with Bob Kane and also wrote a series of Batman comics off and on. Uh, he was the first one to include the Batcave, uh, the Batmobile... Jim Gordon, he named Gotham City. He thought of uh, Bruce Wayne's tragic, uh, the murder of his parents. He uh, invented, I, I want to say, the Riddler and uh, not the Joker, because that was, that was Joe Robinson, but a, a slew of villains as well. 
and never got the credit he deserved. And part of that was because uh, when Bob Kane went in to pitch Batman to DC, they went, okay, you're here, and so you get the credit. And when it came time for you know Bill Finger to say, well, I'd like credit too, well, the thing is Bob Kane came from money and had money from being the quote-unquote sole creator of Batman. Bill Finger came from a poor upbringing and was paid... You know, like work for hire and didn't have the money to hire a lawyer to fight this. It's kind of a so Superman he, thing. No, because everyone knew that Siegel and Schuster invented Superman, created yes, Superman. Yes, I'm talking about getting money. In terms of, yeah, well, okay, you're you're talking about more of the getting the creator rights because they sold their. I think they sold Superman for what was it, like 137 dollars, which at that time was, you know, like woohoo, I'm I'm but living high on the hog. Were, you know, work for hire, you didn't think you had rights like that. And later oh, God, no. And creator rights? Yeah. Creator rights were not a thing. It's not like, you know, when we have Can things like... Can I think like, we'll ask this? Um, or do you want to split it? Uh, we'll split it. Um, you know, creator rights weren't anywhere near what they are now. And especially um, if somebody had money. Exactly. So, um, for decades, um, the Bill you know, Finger family tried and failed against, you know, the, the giant corporate machinations of, um, or the giant corporate machine that is Warner Brothers that owns DC Comics. Um, and finally, and I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote it, and I'm sorry because he's, like, in the movie a ton. Um, the guy was, this guy wrote this book, um, you know, bringing all this to light. It was, and, it was a Batman tell-all, so to speak. Yeah, and after he wrote the book, this whole movement got you know, made Lights. where, and you say in the, uh, you see it in the documentary where the the fan is at, like, what, a DC panel at, like, San Diego or something goes, what about Bill Finger's contributions? And uh, there's a DC executive who says, no, no, we're all good. And the no, they, Finger they, family they said, uh, no, it. we're not. Like I said, they tried to keep it quiet for way longer than you would have expected. Um, so you see this huge you have just grassroots... Like, sorry, go ahead. Like I said, you would have expected that, like, after... 25 years, they would have started kind of loosening up a little bit. No. Nope. It was Well, what, that like, means they owe, was, like, the Finger family, like, how many millions of but dollars? But, I mean, it was, like, what, at least 50 years before... Batman 75, so... No, but, I mean, before you even started hearing whispers about this. And then it took, you know, X number of years after that for it actually to become a thing with the grassroots movement you're talking well, about. Well, they talk about, who was it? I think it was, like, Roy Thomas, who was an editor-in-chief at Marvel for a while. Um... Like was talking about like the old comic cons that were held like ba- hotel basements, and like you'd like run into like Jack Kirby having a beer, you know, because there was no like green room, there was no keep them away from the riffraff because it wasn't anywhere near what it is now. But there like was like thirty people in a basement. Yeah, and 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 they would go, well, do you want to meet the guy who created one of the guys who created Batman? And the guy would go, yeah, like Bob Kane's here. He goes, no, here's Bill Finger. Um, but Bill Finger died, you know, derelict um, on a couch. Um, well, you know, Bob Kane, obviously... He basically died like Beethoven. Yeah. Well, his, um... I want to say concierge. Um, his, um... Salier. Is that it? Salier. Salier, yeah. Mm. Uh, went on... They were not rivals, relax. But you know what I mean, like... Yeah. So, um... Can't trust him. He killed Beethoven. He killed Beethoven. Nobody um, killed Beethoven. Well, other than bad health and terrible practices. Well, that's the line from Last Action Hero, which is a meta reference to Amadeus. <sighs> can't, can't, can't. But anyway. Anyways. 
Well, Bob Cannon and Belfinger were friends. Oh, sorry, Celery and Mozart were friends. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Mozart. That's right. Um, <laughs> you can't kill me. Kill Mozart. That's it. You're right. Yeah. So. We've anyway, all, we've all seen Amadeus. So. Um, and now we're singing the Falco song in our heads. No, now I jumped to Bill and Ted's, but that's another story. Um, so. Yeah, it, it was a real. I mean, I, I pretty much knew everything walking into the documentary. Um, I still thought you'd like it, though. Because, I mean, I saw um, Superman versus Batman in theaters. When I saw Bill Finger's name, I was like, fucking rad. Like, they finally got it. That was the first movie with that credit. Um, yeah, in what, 2015? No. No. Superman versus Batman came out last year. 16? Uh huh. Okay, so 2016. 75 was 2015, right? Yeah, sounds about right. So it only took 76 years? And a lot of that was a family not fighting it. I mean... They didn't have money. I know. They didn't like, I'm not saying anything about... I mean, against that. I'm just saying. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you hear about... And you have the social media and you have, you know, the the real... The quote-unquote, you know, mainstream... I'm sure say mainstream media picks up on social media and then there's that groundswell. But I mean, it's so, just I mean, you hear about the social injustices that happened... Back, back in the day, yeah. when families with money could just make it go away, yeah. And this is like a much. Queen's mom. I just rewatched season one. Like I said, but it's just one of those things where it's like, it's not a horrible social injustice. Like they didn't murder anybody, they weren't a horrible rapist, but it's still just they took something away from somebody that deserved to have it. Exactly. Um, and now that, you know, nerd culture rules the landscape, something like that. We control the smartphones. We control the things that keep the mouth breathers happy. happy. Um, but it, you know, I mean, like, as, as huge as, as uh, San Diego Comic Con is Chicago, New York, uh, Denver's starting to make a name for itself. Yeah! Guess uh, where we're going, everyone. There. But, um, you know, I mean... We, we can weirdly affect change that way. So, it, and it was a it was a really good documentary. My only issue was, I thought Tim Sale did the animated bits, uh-huh. but it was Ty Templeton, who I know from a very limited run on Flash, but he did the uh, illustrations for the the author's book. Oh, okay. So it made total sense because you know half the time I'm watching it going, okay, I know that art, but like, how did they get that guy into it? Or, you know, like, well, because they did the original pieces for the author's book. It, well, but if it had been, like, Tim Sale, I'm like, okay, that makes sense, because Tim Sale did, like, you know, um, Long Halloween, and yeah, uh, but that, I mean, and it's like, okay. But, I mean, Templeton was in from the inception of the project, if yes, that makes sense, yeah. so. Befo- before the uh, documentary even started, so. But, no, it's really good. I mean, like I said, I, I think it's, if you're interested in creator rights, Batman, um how things used to work that way in terms of copyright like it's it's a really interesting documentary my only issue with it and it's a personal issue is that I pretty much knew everything walking in like I know how this is going to end I know of, there's a lot of people that don't have that information so I recommend this I thought so it was a great doc like, if you like Batman if you're interested in comic book rights if you just pop wanna, culture like I said if you just want to know a little bit more about how things ended up the way they are great and frankly I want to see so many more documentaries about artists and writers during the comic book code. Like, I would like to see all the documentaries. I honestly would love to see, okay, two documentaries I want to see, if I could ever make them. One would be 
um, the story of EC Comics versus um, the the Wortham Seduction of Innocence. I think would, I'd really like to see that. Okay. Uh, Are there enough people two, still alive to make it? You probably not. Um, <laughs> I'm like, if there are, let's send out some fucking emails. And I would, on my second one, I'd love to email these people, but I'm pretty sure they wouldn't listen to me. Um, I would love to see a documentary about Gaiman getting the rights back on his characters from Todd McFarlane. Oh, that would be an interesting one. That would be... I mean, there was a lot of mudslinging, which would be fun to watch. Why don't you just mail? Nothing's going to go wrong. What am I going to do? We'll get into this stuff there. No, there's literally nothing to lose. Why don't you just mail him? All right, what do we have on our list? Because I still at least have one thing, to, well, two things to talk about. Um, John Wick 2. Fucking awesome. Second best, quote-unquote, pencil trick since the Joker in Dark Knight. He kills two people violently with a pencil. You know, I really like that Keanu seems to have gotten his dick back after that horrible Watcher fiasco. Watcher? The Watcher was a movie uh-huh. that he apparently, quote-unquote, entered into a verbal contract for with a friend who then blackmailed him and legally blackmailed him into doing it. He hated the movie. He refused to do any production for it. But he felt like if he had a breach of contract, it cost him too much fucking money. That wasn't about him and the two girls. I was knock-knock. No. Watcher was about him being a stalker serial killer. Interesting. It was terrible. It was oh. awful. But I felt like it kind of broke his spirit for a little bit of a while. Sad Keanu. Yeah. Except you realize he has a reputation of being one of the kindest, nicest men in Hollywood. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like one John Wick totally kind of gave him his ego back. Oh, yeah. And with and John... I not. Like I said, and, and with John Wick too, I feel like he's got that swagger in his step again. Oh, yes. And they're doing John Wick Chapter 3. I hope fucking Like, hope the so. way John Wick 2 ended, I'm like... I fucking hope so. Fucking yes. But it's just one of those I will things tell where you I, feel right like now. He, I feel like he'd been a little bit career-wise... Career-wise? Career-wise depressed and sad for a while. And had his spirit broken a little bit, and now he's fucking back. Well, he had a real, you know, high point with the Matrix movies, um, despite how good they were. Um, but I'm just saying, I, like I said, he had The Watcher, which ugh, he got forced into and was awful. And Knock Knock was good. Knock Knock was alright. Um, I like the idea of it. Um, it wasn't as like indie suspenseful as I thought it was. No, it could have been done better, but I did like the idea. I like the, the, yeah, I mean, I like the current. Like I like the I said, premise. And John Wick was such a surprise hit. Oh, I saw the show. And of that. he was so endearing in that too. This one gets more into because obviously they don't kill another dog. Are you kidding? I would lose my fucking mind if they did. Well, he has a dog. And I was like, oh no. But I'm like, if they do that, like, really? Like, I'm not going to like it. Do you know no, what I mean? Like, no, that's, like, that's not what I of his dogs can you kill? This one, it it goes, it literally, this, John Wick 2 happens four days after John Wick 1. Which, by the way, did you did you like that Key and Peele named their movie Keanu? Did you know they had nothing to do with that until he actually heard about it and they reshot, um, he ended up getting in contact with them and the part where the cat talks with his voice, that was a late, late, late reshoot. Which makes me like Keanu even more. Absolutely. He was just like, I want like, Reeves. he's like, what is this? I'm in. Yeah, the movie. They, they never reached out to him. They never, you know. Um, but anyway, so John Wick 2, uh, awesome. It happens four days after the original John Wick. So he obviously hasn't, you know, gone sedentary or gone back into retirement. He's still well. He's trying. After four days, he's got his he's got his dog. He's got his dog. 
you go to get his car because you got to remember they yeah, had the car. Yeah, they had the car. Um, and he gets kind of once again like sucked back in for one last job. But the way they make it, the way it is, is like he's obligated. It's like almost like a blood oath, um, quote unquote. So it's called a marker. But Ian McShane is back. John Leguizamo's back. The Rose Chick from um, Orange is the New Black is in it. I can't think of her name, and that's bothering me. Because we're going to uh, talk about Blorange after this. But uh, anyway, um, it's solid. Um, everyone talked about like the, the cab um, cab company scene, because like, it took like four months to choreograph. No way. The catacomb killing scene is awesome. At one point, I had to rewind it, because this happened so fast that John Wick's shotgun runs out of ammo he clicks it, the guy pauses, thinking he's gonna get shot. John Wick thinks so fast that he, like, kind of, like, just hits the guy with the muzzle of the gun, reloads, and shoots him. Like, it is so smoothly done that I was like, when did he reload? Oh, shit, like, a second ago. Less than a second ago. And I really like the fact that they actually address that, you know... Guns run out of ammo. Yeah, guns run out of bullets. Oh, there's a part where um, Lawrence Fishburne pops up, which I thought was a really nice. That's a nice nod. Night, yeah. And he goes, the you know the bounty on your head seven million dollars, um, and he goes, here's this gun, you get seven bullets, and the guy's like, John looks like seriously, and he's like, yeah, seven million dollars, million dollars a bullet, let's see what you can do with seven bullets. Very kind of Deadpool, Deadpool. but but unlike Deadpool, Deadpool uses his whatever like was it he's ten got, or twelve shots, it, it, it's whereas less John Wick no, like it's, it's just kills one guy, grabs the other guy's gun, and like goes through the seven bullets. It's but the whole, you know, you have one match, you have a fire-burning stove, a lantern. Right, and, right, Yeah, right. like I said, what do you light first? So, yourself on fire. Um, nice. Uh, and it ends with basically an open contract on, like, a global open contract on John Wick. Um, you gotta put that dog in there. And him... I was gonna say, in the hotel. Oh, him, it, he and the dog leave. Because um, Ian McShane's fucking rad. But he just talks to Ian McShane. Ian McShane says, you've got one hour. Head start. Like, that's all I can do for you because I respect you. And um, John Wick just says, just so you know, like, when my hour's over, just let them know. Whoever comes for me, however they come for me, I will kill them all. And that's how the fucking movie ends. It's just him going out in the open, not knowing who's an assassin or not, or a hitman or a hit person. And just going, so I cannot wait for John Wick Chapter 3. I cannot recommend this now franchise or, or film series enough. Um, I didn't really get into the whole plot stuff, but um, it's awesome. Common is like his weird, uh, you know, kind of the other side of the coin. Um, yeah, Common. Well, no, I have no problem. Which is funny because Common was the gunsmith. Common was the gunsmith in Wanted. So it kind of makes a weird amount of sense. Oh, and uh, Peter Serafinikowicz. Is that right? Close enough? No, he, he was, he no, was he the didn't. roommate in Shaun of the Dead. He was oh, um, the okay. voice of Darth Maul. No. It's, you know who I'm talking about. He's in, I can see him very clearly. But it's, it's Peter Serafinikowicz or something he's like that. He's the tick. No, that's Patrick Warburton. No, 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 the new tick for the Amazon series. Yes. He plays the sommelier, which is basically a high-end, like... I know what a sommelier dealer. is, thank you. Did you hear what I just said, or did you talk over me? More making a joke about the name, the sommelier, but yes. Because he's a high-end gun dealer for the underground. So John Wick walks in and goes, I want to talk to the sommelier. 
and like room full of guns. Peter blah 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 comes out. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy. I can't think of his last name. Sarah Finikowitz. Something oppressively British. No, it's not. It's like Sarah Finikowitz or something like that. It is. I will show you after we're done. That's still kind of British. Okay. Um, uh, but he comes in and goes, I want to talk to the sommelier, and, and he comes up, and uh, he goes, I'd like a tasting, please. And he goes, okay. And it's like, well, here we have this gun, and it does this, and here we have this, and here it does... Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's very much that, like, uh, Justin Hammer war machine where it's like, here's this gun, and that gun, and this gun. But I love that, like, he was a sommelier, and he's, like, doing guns. Well, it's that it was, he's, the, he's, he's the connoisseur of high-end things. Exactly. So, I loved it. Um, I want to slam through real quick. Uh, uh, Devil Said Bang, the fourth book in the Richard Cadry series. I really feel of bad that Slim. we have to slam through this, because you and I are both big fans of Richard Cadry. I turned you on to this series, and I'm, I'm very excited for you to catch up with me. I'm what? getting there. No, we're out. Well, I mean, you're happy, Sarah, but yeah. Go ahead. No, go. Go. No, go talk. So, Devil Said Bang, he's still in hell? Yeah. He's this a new is, Lucifer. Like I said, he's still in hell as the new Lucifer. I love in this one that he makes a ju- bunch of jokes about hell is just bureaucracy. Because he's yeah. trying to rebuild everything, and there's all these committees and paperwork and bullshit like that. But in hell, he also has, you know, his favorite cigarettes and his favorite liquor. And his ancestor running a bar that is the Bamboo House of Dolls, except, you know, in hell. And he hell. starts to use the food, and he's afraid he's going to become a lifer. That's a huge part of it. But it's also... In this one, correct me if I'm wrong, Lucifer tells him to study up on a specific... Greeks. Yeah, a specific philosophy, because he wants him to find the missing piece of his armor. By the end of the book, you realize that, yeah, he was also hinting to Lucifer who and who he could not trust on his, like, inner council. Exactly. Or uh, that Stark as Lucifer couldn't... Yeah, that Stark as Lucifer couldn't trust on his council, because... I mean, it's not just an enemies everywhere situation. It's an enemies and enemies and enemies everywhere situation. Yeah. Um, my only issues with the book uh, would be... I had one. Oh, that um, he had split up from his angel side at the end of the third book. Yeah. St. James. St. James. St. Jimmy. Well, either one. But like I said... You really don't... Well, you said call it St. Jimmy because James hates being called Jimmy. But like that, I said, it's St. Jimmy, who's a fucking asshole. No, he's so nice he's an asshole is the problem. Um, no, he's kind of a fuckwad. But... He takes the key and completely fucks Stark. Only because he thinks Stark couldn't be trusted with it, which... Is he right? I think so. In the situation that Stark was left in, I agree. Because he just would have left. Yeah, but then what did St. Jimmy do? He took the key... He took the money, and he fucked right off. Well, he gave the money away. He, he didn't, didn't take the money. He didn't do anything, though. He didn't do good. But, and that's my issue. We don't know really what St. Jimmy did other than give away a bunch of money and then go and get to, framed. I was going to say, and then go to a nowhere place where nothing ever happens. Well, because he was framed for murdering the mayor's son. Shit like that happens to James all the time, and he figures it out. St. Jimmy is a weak little bitch. But the thing is, you never find out, like, they never really explicitly say, like, what he was... Oh, they, yeah, they do. They say he was there to do something. Anyway, it, I thought it was a little... Lots, I, just, I yeah. thought it was a little uneven in terms of talking about Stark's time in Hell versus St. Jimmy's time on Earth. 
I, I, just, I think St. Jimmy had a weak force of will. No. No, I think he was... He got nothing done. We don't know that because it never really got explored. You look at me like that, but I'm absolutely right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. James wouldn't have put up with this crap. Well, I, yeah, with that I agree. Um, my other thing I want to bring up, um, and it does move the, the, the series along. It's a great series of books. I do want to wrap up on, on this note. We have a couple more things to talk about, though. No, no, I mean, like, about Yeah, about this. Richard Cadre. Yeah. I find out, because you and I have been talking about this off air. I find out, I found out. Conjugate your verbs, Doug. I found out why he always capitalizes dumpster. Okay. It is a uh, generalized brand name. Like the same way you oh, ask for Kleenex instead like of Kleenex facial. Kleenex or Hoover and, or Zamboni. Got it. Like the way you, uh, you ask for, to give you an example, yeah. uh, the m- one of the most well-known ones, you ask for Kleenex, you don't ask for a facial tissue. You ask for a Band-Aid, not a medical adhesive strip. There you go. Dumpster. I didn't know this. It's an actual fucking brand name. Much like, like I said, like... No, I still, if we get a chance to talk to him at DCC, I still want to go, did you do that because of that? No, we'll ask him, but like I said, it's the same thing, like like I said, like Hoover or Zamboni. Yeah. Um, or, or, well, no, I guess trash bags don't really have one, do they? Hefty? Yeah, but you don't ask for a hefty. I do. God Sad damn. we can't end on that. Goddamn size queen. Yeah, I know, right? Sad we can't end on that. Okay, so the other two things I wanted to talk about, unless sure. you have anything else. Uh, I think we might be overlapping on the last one, yeah. Adam West? Yeah. Well, now I have three. But yes, Adam West passed away after a battle with leukemia. That I was, was it not... a battle with leukemia? That's what the internet says. I mean, he was 88, and I'm not saying that excuses anything. But like I said, according to the internet, he lived was, a life. it was a battle with leukemia. And Adam West, you lived a full life. He had a resurgence. I mean, you know what I mean? The man literally never took himself seriously, and that made his late career. The only issue is that millennials are going, oh no, rest in peace, Mayor West, and you're like, motherfuckers, he was goddamn Batman. No, he was not the goddamn Batman. No, he was... (laughs) There's a generation that he was the goddamn Batman. Like I said, I still love the Adam Wee joke. Uh, I'm yelling too! Ah! Ah! But still, I, I loved him on Family Guy. Him but I, marrying his hand. I also liked him on Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah. Where he played another version of himself. He was, he played Thomas Wayne in so much shit. Yeah. Um, I rewatched his episode of the original um, B-Tast, the Batman the Animated series, where he played the Grey Ghost. Yeah. And it was one of those I'm going, okay, and by the way, Bruce Wayne says a lot of shit Batman does. And I'm kind of sick of that. Like, you know, like, in, and I think, like, Pete Holmes did the bad man about it, where, like, at the very end of Dark Knight Rises, Batman's like, and you gave a kid a jacket, and, like, whatever, and they're like, oh, it's Bruce Wayne. Like, Batman talks to the Great Ghost and goes, you know, I watched a lot of, like, you know, the Great Ghost with my dad, and, you know, it made me who I am today, and the Great Ghost is like, oh, wow, I can't believe, like, I influenced Batman. And at the end of the episode, like, Bruce Wayne's getting, like, the re-release of the video cassettes, like, signed, and he goes... You know, I watched a lot of you with my dad. Like, it made me the man I am today. And the great ghost goes, huh. And I was like, god damn it. Like, one of those closely held secrets on the planet, you're handing it off to, like, I can't even think of an Adam West equivalent that wouldn't be Adam West. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I... It's just, to me, that's the only other Batman equivalent. No, but I mean, like, 
Yeah, like, okay, so, hypothetically speaking, I become Batman, and I get Kevin Conroy because he knows something I don't know about whatever, and he gives me a clue, and I'm like, yeah, I really like to. Uh, you're awesome. And then, um, and then, you know, that happens, and then later on, I meet Kevin Conroy as, like, Doug, and I'm like, hey, you know what, I really like to. You're awesome. And Kevin Conroy is going, oh, he's Doug Man, which would be a terrible name for a superhero, because it... First much, of all, you'd be Quail much, Man. Pretty, pretty much know who I would be. Like I said, you'd be Quail Man if you were a superhero. You're a fucking asshole. Moving on. No. Moving on. That was funny and you know it. I think if we actually did a lot more westerns, Ian McShane would be the Bruce... Oh, it would be the John Wayne of our generation. I agree. Uh, so, you said you finished the new season of Orange is the New Black? Nope. Never watched it. Okay, then. Don't care. So I'm not yourself out. We aren't going to talk about it much. I think you should give it a shot. The whole season takes over the course of three days. See, that's my whole thing. Is like no, she was only in there for like nine months. Like, how no, long like, did this fucking show could go? A lot happens. That really happened? No, of course not. Of course not. We're completely in the realm of fiction now. Yeah. Okay then. Um. So my sisters and I came up with a really Rose Alexander. No, Rose. I will look it up. When God you're done. damn it. I was going to say, my sisters and I came up with a great idea for a non-profit organization that we need to figure out how to fund that will give decent sex ed to adults. Because I have had to answer way too many fucking stupid questions from adults who should have had better sex ed. Show your work. I've had to teach someone... Is this your contract asshole? This should be a contract asshole. How can it be a contract asshole? People I think it should be a resultant of... Like I said, so people got bad asshole. sex ed in high school because the government sucks. I got good sex ed in high school because I went to high school during the Clinton administration. Goddamn right we did. Exactly. So it's like I've had to teach people how to buy the right size of condom. I've had to educate them about lube. I've had to tell them you can go to the Planned Parenthood and pay cash so it won't fucking follow you. I've had to tell them where they no, can get... I didn't get... know that. I didn't think about that. Yes. Like I said, I've had to tell people where they can get free insurance because they have problems. I've had to tell people it's not supposed to burn when you pee, and if you take cranberry and it doesn't get better to go to the goddamn fucking... I was going to say hospital or doctor. I've had to tell people that herpes can be spread with a condom because it's sex fluid to sex fluid. People need better sex ed, and apparently we need to give it to them as adults. I like the idea of a non-profit adult sex ed class. Yes. We actually thought we could give like little conferences and bars and offer one free drink. And condoms. Yeah, pretty much. Where the clit is. Well, actually, I was going to talk about that. There's a company, it's a porn company called Kink. And a while ago, they actually put out a really good series of videos called Kink You, which were very basic, and not so basic, how-to videos on, like, first-time anal. How to stimulate your partner. Multiple partner situations. Okay. Like, like, I get, like I said, it's by Kink, so it's a little bit more, you know things that are out of vanilla sex norm. Right. But a little people, more porny than... A little more porny than just than basic sex orgy. ed. Yeah. Then this is I was how like the... dot orgy, but then that'd be dot like orgy. I, like I said, work. then, you know, like, this is your lady's area. Yeah. You should do this before you have sex with her, or else it might be painful for her. Because I have something to say out there about it. Okay, but I'm that. just saying, yeah, non-profit for adult sex ed. I like it. I slap myself in the We think the we want to call it, you're doing it wrong. Now do it right. We actually would be want your, to call would it... Be your, 
It'd be your banner. We actually wanted to call it how how to get nailed while getting hammered, but that's then there's a weird consent thing that goes on in there. Yeah. Because it was about them drinking and learning, not them drinking and having sex. Which one does happen? It does, but I'm just saying there's a weird consent issue in there. But like I said, we think we might want to call it You're Doing It Wrong. But if you come up with a better idea, let us know. But I'm telling you, adult sex ed, non-profit. I like it. Well, because like I said, I've had to answer so many weird and awkward questions from either co-workers that are younger than me or co-workers that are from a foreign land and didn't have the same knowledge that I did. Like, I've had to explain so many awkward and horrible things. I had to physically take a coworker with me to a Walgreens to buy the right size condom. How? How do you? Okay. He was buying them too small, so they kept breaking, and he didn't realize he should just be buying them larger. They have sizes like T-shirts. Yeah. Dick shirts. Didn't realize that or think about it. Dick shirts. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability. And no applause, just the clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.